titled my message today called um, Though It Linger, Wait For It. And so uh, Tony Evans made a statement, if truth be told, we were being totally honest, most of us don't like waiting. Um, particularly if we're waiting for something to change or something to get better, waiting can be very frustrating experience. But the worst kind of waiting of all is waiting for God. When God forces us to wait for things to get better in our life, for things to improve, to change, to reverse, and nothing is happening, and yet we are told over and over and over again in the Bible, we're told to wait on the Lord. I personally, my personal opinion is as a Christian, I feel like waiting, when he has us in the waiting room, I feel like it's one of the hardest places to be. I found in my Christian walk that waiting in the Lord is not easy. I remember so clearly the conversation that I had with my husband, Terry. For some reason, we ended up in the kitchen floor talking. We have kids, and sometimes, you know, I think it was our dishwasher that had broken, and it was leaking, and we were trying to clean up the mess, cleaned up the mess, and we're like, you know what? We're tired. This is a good spot to have a conversation. <laughs> and so we were talking and sharing what the Lord had been uh, communicating to our hearts. We often do that. And I told him, I said, you know what? I think that our season is shifting. And uh, we will not be struggling for it much longer. We were struggling a lot at the time. I was pregnant with Gideon, my third child. And let me tell you, we had a two-door echo. If you guys know, the echoes are really small. I was, had two kids, and I was pregnant with a third one. A two-door echo. It had no AC. We were in the middle of the summer, okay? So it was very hot. <laughs> Uh, we were living uh, with a one income because simply that is what we felt like the Lord had directed us to do. Uh, so we re and so to receive that revelation of I feel like the Lord is shifting our season for me it was like yay praise the Lord. Uh, I thought my husband is going to get a better position at Southeastern when he was currently working. Weeks after that, the Lord confirmed what He had laid on my heart through our pastor. He prayed over th over Terry and gave him a word. And we had a couple of people come up to us within that time frame and told us, hey, your season is shifting. Be encouraged. God is going to do something in your life. Well, I had Gideon, and I dealt with postpartum depression for a year, and then I had hormone imbalance some time after that. Terry got a small raise at Southeastern, but not enough to cover what we needed. So he got a second job. The second job for Terry, so we thought, was to work at Chick-fil-A corporate because he wanted to work for Chick-fil-A corporate. And if anybody knows Chick-fil-A corporate, it's so hard to get a job there. It's either who you know or you have to work from the bottom up. It's kind of like Publix. <laughs> <laughs> um, and so we thought, you know, this is a step to the right direction, go for it. But little did we know that this was God's provision for our family at the time. Um, Terry was working 60 hours a week. I was raising three kids, dealing with hormone imbalance. And some days we were counting on Terry to bring food from Chick-fil-A leftover so that we could have something to eat. Let me tell you, this was nothing to what had been spoken to our lives. 
During this process, I heard a scripture when Pastor Davis was preaching that truly stuck with me. I mean, he preached it. I grabbed it. I was going to bring it, and I forgot it, but I you know, I, t- I wrote it in my, with my hands in a piece of paper. I put it in the bathroom wall because that's normally where, at that time with kids, that's where you kind of go to hide and have, like, some moment of, like, sanity. And so I would sit there and I would read it every time to just remind me that the Lord had spoken to our lives and that my present life was only a waiting season. My God would bring about the revelation that he had spoken over my family. And this scripture is found in Habakkuk 2, 1 through 2. And it says, I will, I will climb up to my watchtower and stand at the guard post. There I will wait to see what the Lord says and how he will answer my complaint. Then the Lord said to me, write my answer plainly on the tablet so that, I, that a runner can carry the correct message to others. This vision is for a future time, and it describes the end, and it will be fulfilled. It seems slow in coming. Wait patiently, for it will surely take place, and it will not be delayed. The Lord laid on my heart to speak to those that are in God's waiting room right now. Or potentially, you feel in your heart that you might be entering into that season, waiting on God's healing, waiting on God's, uh, waiting on a new job, waiting to open a business, waiting on the unknown, waiting for marriage, waiting to start a family, waiting on a difficult season to change because you've just been in it long enough, or simply waiting on the Lord to call you to your heavenly home. I believe that in order to not get frustrated in the Lord's waiting room, one must trust in God's character. We must also not lose hope that he wants the best for us. And in waiting in him, he will renew the strength when we grow weary. Because let me tell you, when you're waiting on the Lord, and it's been a long time, you grow weary. The first point I would like to address is we must not lose hope in God in God's waiting room. The definition of hope in God is a total grounding of God's, of one's confidence, expectation, and God's goodness and providential care, even in the face of trouble, that we've got to trust that he wants the best for us, that he's going to be there. I um, Habakkuk 2.1 again says, I will climb up to my watchtower and stand at my guard post. There I will wait to see what the Lord says and how he will answer my complaint. You see, Habakkuk knew that the Lord listened to him and that and, 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 not, and he trusted in, in his God that if he brought the question to the Lord, the Lord would answer it. And oftentimes we have to, in, in the middle of our hope, we have to know that, hey, you going to have some moments of frustration. You're going to struggle in this waiting season, but talk to God. Tell him how you feel and let him speak to you. I remember when we were in God's waiting room, I did a lot of journaling. My journaling consisted of placing my complaint before the Lord and letting him know that I trust in him enough to help us through. Every prayer request that I laid before the Lord in regards to the needs he provided. I tell you, we did not have finances we needed by according to society, 
But during that waiting season, we had four kids, we bought a van, a car for my husband, we did not miss our tithe, and purchased a new home. My husband actively looked for different jobs for five years. It was not that he wasn't qualified, but that the Lord was waiting for his time to bring the revelation to pass. This brings me to my second point. Trust in the Lord, wait for it, it will surely come, and it will not delay. The definition of trust is reliance and confidence in a person. Scripture affirms that total trustworthiness of God, especially in relation to his promise to his people. Christian faith is essential trust. It's essential trust in the person and the character of God. You must know the character of God. While scripture insists that believers should be able to trust one another, it also provides examples of false and misplaced trust. And something that I learned in our waiting room is that I needed to make sure that I trusted my God and that I prayed that God would bring people alongside me that would help me wait. You have to be so careful because oftentimes when you're in that waiting place, you can get people that don't understand what you're doing, think that you might should be doing something else, or you are doing what you, they think you should be doing, but don't see your work. And so you need to make sure you have people in your corner that are going to pray with you through in that waiting season. They're going to walk you through that waiting season. Um, but first of all, put trust in your God. Uh, God reminded the prophet Habakkuk of certain things. He said uh, of certain things of the message, but without the promise of meeting Habakkuk's time schedule. He said, it does not mean that the future events predicted in the vision will come soon, but it will not delay. Only God knows the time for such events. Um, the comment rather means that the fulfillment will not miss God's scheduled time. It will not delay a moment beyond its appointed time. So see, he had to have a little conversation with Habakkuk. He had a little conversation with me too, <laughs> where, hey, you, I'm going to do it, but not at your time. I'm going to do it in my time, and it's going to be perfect. It's going to be right. God's schedule time is where we as Christians get discouraged. We think that the Lord's timetable is not on our uh, microwave setting. If you have been waiting for something in your life that the Lord has confirmed, he will do it. Do not grow weary in waiting for him. He will in his time fulfill his promise. Isaiah 40, 31, also a prophet that spoke about waiting on the Lord. He said, but they who wait for the Lord should renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings like eagles. They shall run and not grow weary. They shall walk and not faint. I have, I have read different translations of this scripture. Uh, and it was interesting to me because in those different translations, some of them said hope and some of them said trust. The original Hebrew language, though, says wait. But see, these translations pick two very important words. You can't wait on the Lord unless you have hope in him and you trust him. And so I thought that that was really, really interesting. Here we have two prophets, Isaiah and Habakkuk, explaining what it is to wait on the Lord. We have seen... We have seen how many times the people of Israel have been in God's waiting room for various reasons. 
more often than not, it was God waiting on his people to realize who they were worshiping. So let's be careful that we are not the ones keeping ourselves in that waiting room, that we are actively waiting on the Lord, we're praying, we're staying obedient, we're staying watchful, so that when God calls you out, you recognize the shift, and you're ready for the season that you've been longing for. I will never forget the moment the Lord shifted our season, and I knew the revelation had arrived. Terry had still not gotten a new job, but God directed him to stop working at Chick-fil-A. I began to receive unexpected blessings from people that had no idea what we were going through. And let me tell you, if God laid someone on your heart, take it to prayer. Seek and say, okay, God, how do you want me to help them? Is it just prayer? Do you want me to actively be in their lives? Because oftentimes he'll lay someone in your heart because there's something he wants to use you in some way in their lives. The first time someone blessed us, the Lord told me, this is just the beginning. Hold on. In October, after that, Terry got a job. Uh, I had been praying for five years for my husband to be recognized for his talent, that God would favor him in his place of work and that he would not be ignored, that God would favor him and give him grace in his workplace. When Terry got a new job, the Lord spoke to us that we were not going back. You see, when the revelation is revealed, God makes sure that everything is in place. Terry and I learned so much. We were not ready back then for the blessing that the Lord had for us. But when the Lord transitioned us over, we had learned to stay obedient, to seek wisdom, and to always consult the Lord for, um, for our everyday situations. So I encourage you to wait well. If you're in God's waiting room, wait well. Have you ever waited for someone to meet you at a restaurant and waited and waited as you glanced and watched uh, and cut your eye toward the entrance? Waiting seemed a long time. In the end, did you get tired of waiting and leave or did you patiently wait for your party to join you? Every day we miss important and unique opportunities because we are unwilling to wait a moment longer. Think of all the occasions, uh, occasions to learn, times of laughter, rich moments of fellowship, and opportunities to witness that are missed due to our impatience. Think of the time that is spent fussing and fuming instead of praying and meditating, all because we run out of patience. Relative Relative to these examples, as far greater reason for waiting, God has cha charged each believer to live in expected frame of mind, waiting for the Lord's return. But as you wait for his call to move out, to move on to heaven, be certain you are still living, watching, and growing in the Lord, ever showing others the way to salvation. And I think that's a great explanation of learning to wait well that God still wants to use you in the waiting room. God still needs you to minister to people. He's still pouring into you for you to pour out, even though you're waiting on him. Waiting for God is not laziness. I love this quote um, by uh, Campbell Morgan. And she said, waiting on God is not laziness. Waiting on God is not going to sleep. Waiting on God is not the abandonment of effort. Waiting for God means, first, activity under command, second, readiness for any new command that may come, and third, the ability to do anything 
uh, to do nothing until the command is given. Let me break this down a little bit for how how it ministered to me. The first is activity under command, that when you are waiting, you're constantly hearing the Lord what you need to do in that waiting room. And then readiness for any new command that may come, that you are also going to step out when he speaks to you. And then third, to be able to stay still in that waiting room if he's asking you to do so. And that's very hard, especially for those that are type A personalities that feel like they always have to have it going. (laughs) This is very hard, but it's so key. And it also reminds us of how God cares for us. He's so gentle even when we're in the waiting room. In conclusion, I wanted to kind of also bring back the scripture that I had originally um, started with. So Habakkuk says, I will climb up to my watchtower and stand at my guard post. There I will wait to see the Lord, what the Lord says and how he will answer my complaint. Then the Lord said to me, write my answer plainly on the tablet so that the runner can carry the correct message to others. The vision is for the future time. It describes the end, and it will be fulfilled. It seems slow in coming, but wait patiently, for it will surely take place, and it will not delay. So, if you are in God's waiting room, do not get frustrated with the Lord. We must trust God's character. If we trust him for our salvation, we can't just trust him for our salvation. We have to trust him for our whole lives. We must also not lose the hope that God wants the best for us. And in waiting on him, he will renew our strength when we grow weary. Though it linger, wait for it. It will surely come. <laughs>